John, everyone's worked up over the NFL ratings. Amazon's up, Fox is up, CVS is up, NBC is up, ESPN is up. What does it all mean, Andrew? No one can decide. And they're all getting a little worked up. It <laughs> doesn't take much, does it? That's not fair. That's not That's okay, not Captain. I'm, I'm Captain sorry. Brewing over I'm there. sorry. <laughs> And we're back. I'm Andrew Marshan, sports media columnist for the New York Post. He's John Oran. John Arad. In the Sports Business Journal, their fine media reporter. And this is the Marshan and Oran Sports Media Podcast. John, this week, me and you once again, upcoming guests include Jeff Passan next week. Two weeks from now, we're scheduled to have Pedro Martinez. Uh, so going to get into some baseball. We're getting into the baseball postseason. I can't think of two better guests. All right, let's do it. Who's up? Who's down? Who's up? Who's down? All right, I'm going to start us off with the who's up. Uh, and I have Adam Silver, George K., George Klyakov, and Brett Yormark. And I have uh, the two com- college conference commissioners and the NBA commissioner based solely on the first two weeks of Amazon's Thursday night football schedule. What did you have the... Uh, um, over under at a couple of weeks ago. I think you put it at like 8.5 million. I think seven and a half million is where we were at. Seven and a half million. I think I probably, I took the over on that as I recall. Um, but I- It's I, like it, revisionist it, history of how we've discussed Amazon, but go ahead. 13 million people uh, watched that first game. 11 million watched the second game. They still could. I mean, that, that when we said uh, seven and a half million, it was for a full season and there are some dog games ahead. But the way they, you, you couldn't have crafted, if you're Jay Marine, Jeff Bezos, Marie Donahue, Jared Stacy, you could not have crafted a better start to this. They're getting a lot of viewers and they're getting younger viewers uh, than um, traditional linear television. And if you're the NBA and you're one of the college conferences, they're answering one of the biggest questions that all of these uh, conferences have. Do you have the reach? Are you able to see uh, to, to, to reach a lot of people? And if they're able to talk about, yeah, we have 13 million people, not necessarily all streaming, but we have we, we have an audience of 13 million that that uh, makes it a lot easier for these uh, leagues and conferences to say, OK, yeah, maybe we, we will accept some of that Amazon money. Right, we're going to talk more about that when we get into Apple, Amazon, the NBA's new app. And we have a little information about the Pac-12 and the Big 12. So we'll get into that when we get to the topics. My who's up? Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds, the villain of baseball, is up. And yeah, Barry Bonds is my who's up, John, because of how good he was on the K-Rod cast. Uh, on Sunday, Michael K, the play-by-play announcer for the Yankees, and Alex Rodriguez, they have their sporadic kind of Manning cast, but don't call it a Manning cast because it's not associated with Omaha Productions. Uh, They have those alternative broadcasts. And Barry Bonds was a guest and he was really good. He was smiling, which is, you know, not something we saw from Barry Bonds as a player. Uh, And just the way he talked about hitting, the way he talked about Aaron Judge going after the record, uh, trying to tie at that point, Roger Maris' 61 home runs, uh, was really informative. Barry Bonds has a bad reputation. I felt as a young reporter, John, when I was 22, 23, I was doing sidebars at the old Shea Stadium. It was the Mets 
And he must have been with the Giants at that point. Possibly still with the Pirates, but I think he was with the Giants at that point. He struck out, Barry Bonds struck out three times that game. So they said, oh, young guy, Marshan, go do a sidebar on Barry Bonds <laughs> striking out three times. He comes out. Wait, wait, hang on. I got to interrupt you. Who told you to do that? Who's the old crusty reporter that was like, Marshan, that's your, that's your beat? It could have been Dave Waldstein. He's now at the New York Times. It could have been Joel Sherman. Probably was Joel. Uh, I don't remember exactly, <laughs> but basically, you're, what I, you're the young guy. They tell you what to do, and, and you go into the other club. I still chance to do a story on Barry Bonds, 22-23. I'll take it. I'm waiting near his locker, respectfully, 10 feet out. He comes out. He looks right at me, and he says, you think I'm talking to you? And, and so I went upstairs. He didn't talk to me, and I wrote, Barry Bonds actually struck out four times. Uh, yesterday three times during the game and one time after the game living up to his surly reputation and I think I used the quote so uh, that was my experience with Barry Bonds but Sunday he was excellent with K and A-Rod they also had Roger Clemens on a lot of people focus on you know obviously that's a lot of performance enhancing drugs involvement with, with those but the thing I ask is Yes, these guys made mistakes, uh, and A-Rod's back, right? He's in the mainstream. Bonds and Clemens, and, and Bonds was the hitting coach with the Marlins for a year, uh, but they, they kind of feel like they've been kind of ostracized, not in the Hall of Fame, even though more writers than not vote for them to get in the Hall of Fame. It's just you need 75%. Uh, and I, I could just see Bonds. I'm not saying he could be a full-time. I don't know if he'd want to be a full-time commentator, but he showed some uh, – some skills if he wanted to do this. I had some broadcasting skills. Again, I don't know over time. He showed his like surly side a little bit and kind of, eh, I don't know how likable he would be over time, but he was good the other night. Andrew, you're a, uh, you're a baseball guy. Uh, you're obviously a baseball fan. You, you grew up, you grew up with the game pirates fan. Uh, you, you were an early beat reporter with baseball. You only have one answer. What is the home run record in major league baseball right now? The single season. Yeah. Barry Bonds, 73. 73. That leads into my who's down, okay. uh, Andrew. 73 is a record. And, until, until somehow Major League Baseball tells us it's not the record, and even then, uh, maybe it will be, 73 is a record. My who's down is Burke Magnus of the ESPN, uh, who was on this pod just a couple of weeks ago complaining about being down. But Burke, a noted Yankee fan who works for Kimmy Pitaro, a noted Yankee fan, Stop breaking into my college football telecast with Aaron Judge trying to set a, a team record. I don't want to. See, I don't want to see that. I'm watching college football. Wait until there's a break in the action, and you can come in and say, "Hey, this just happened a, a second ago," and I would be. I would be happy as a as a sports fan. I'll tell you what, Andrew. There's this kid called Adley Rushman. He has the biggest WAR win, wins above replacement of any rookie catcher since Mike Piazza when he was with the Dodgers. I want ESPN to break in every time Adley Rushman comes to the plate. I, I, I'm, that's what I'm interested in, right? I, I, I just think that they're doing it too much. I'm watching a college football game. They're not just breaking in with a box. They're taking the audio there as well. I, I just don't want to see it. I want to see college football. Only this uh, scenario, Roger Goodell was almost my who's up for saying you cannot do it in Monday Night Football. And good, good for you, Roger Goodell. Let's, let's stop breaking in. 61 doesn't mean a lot to me as an Oriole fan. Two things. Number one, you're correct overall, right? During college football, it doesn't make sense to me to break in uh, with the 
overall at bat and taking the announcers to having Michael K from the Yes Network uh, broadcast to a national audience doesn't make sense. Uh, that's too disruptive. I agree. After if you hit the home run, then you come to it right away. That makes more sense. You're completely wrong in terms of significance of 61, though. That is, yes, Barry Bonds is the record, but 61 is a part of American sports lexicon. And the Yankees, you know, I get it. You're an Oriole fan. A lot of people feel like there's a Yankee bias. Yeah, there's a Yankee bias. They're the top team uh, in baseball forever, and they're the biggest franchise um, you could argue in our country and they're top five, top 10 in the world. Uh, and so, yes, it means more that number. There's been movies about 61. So I do think there's significance of it. And the other thing about Monday Night Football and Roger Goodell, the Giants were playing Monday. If there was a date that you should have done the two box, you could have had something kind of cool happen. Now, Aaron Judge did not hit a home run on Monday, but if you had Joe Buck making the call, calling the Giant game and then calling Judge's home run, Listen, for $15 million, he should be able to do both. Uh, and <laughs> I think he could have, uh, and that would have been pretty good. Uh, if, you, if, you, if you did that, I'm pretty sure the NFL didn't want to share that big audience with baseball and give them more attention. And so that got kiboshed. And I agree with you on the college football. All right. And what about Adley Rushman? You have to agree with it. Let's start breaking into the Orioles games, right? I mean, this is historic. You definitely should be breaking into somebody who you need to explain who they are uh, every five seconds. All right. My who's down? CBS Sports. Jets, Bengals feed went out the video for a little bit and then the audio for nearly the whole fourth quarter. They said they had problems at the stadium. Uh, you couldn't hear Ian Eagle and Charles Davis doing that Jets Bengals game. It was garbage time as Marv would have said back in the day, but still imagine if Amazon, if that happened with Amazon where they lost the video or audio feed. So I just think that that's an obvious who's down because you just, that can't happen. And you know, things look, here's the thing about it with Amazon, with CBS. Yes, they're supposed to be perfect, but nobody's perfect that it does. These things do happen. And sometimes it's out of your control, but again, these are the broadcast networks. You don't expect that, uh, the game was over, so they were fortunate because that really could have been really awful if that was a very tight game uh, for CBS. A lot of complaints still, but uh, but again, if it was Amazon or Apple, uh, one of these new streamers, and that happened, uh, we'd be talking that we that'd be the leading the pod, and we'd be talking about it for weeks and maybe years to come. My use down would have been set, right? <laughs> Chris Ripley would have had a uh, from Sinclair would have had some uh, uh, some company in terms of uh, legendary who's downs. All right. Well, let's get right into the topics because it does lead to Apple, to Amazon. Apple ha had a historic night where it had uh, Albert Pujols hitting his uh, 700th home run. It had um, Aaron Judge potentially hitting uh, you know, uh, uh, 61. Um, you have Sunday tickets still experiencing problems. You have Amazon with Thursday night football. Uh, you know, grouping all these into an overall streaming topic here. We're here, right? I mean, streaming is here. We are, but last week after the pod and kind of during the pod, uh, I had some stories that, you know, that along with what was going on with in other places made a lot of noise in terms of Apple doing that game last Friday. Even the attorney general of New York chimed in saying that the game last Friday need to be offered on the paid subscription cable <laughs> network. Uh, yes even though Apple was offering it for free. That's where this rose to Aaron judge ended up not hitting uh, his 61st home run. 
Here's the thing that I want to ask you. Okay, well, you can chime in on that too. Yeah, like, can I, I got to chime in for a second because I, I, we hate getting into politics. We're experts on sports media, yeah. but that wasn't that was embarrassing. It, it, it was a couple of statements that came out. It got facts wrong. They decided that they would rather have New York City residents that want to see this historic home run pay more money to cable and satellite operators than to get a streaming service and, and, and download it for free uh, via Apple. I understand why she did it. It was politically popular, I suppose. Hey, more, uh, have more people see it. At every step, your attorney general made the wrong decision and had the wrong reasons for it. Let's just finish this argument, actually, that we're kind of getting at. Apple had a decision to make. They could have shared the game with Yes, yes. And the Yankees were willing to basically do anything, take Apple's feed, uh, put their announcers on, help them with any way. Apple said no. Now, I, I talked to some smart executives who said that they would have done the opposite, that they would have let yes broadcast the game in the New York footprint. And then you would have had more people watching. You could have advertised all your shows and would have been goodwill towards Apple. And you still would have the national uh, audience. I, I think there's some merit to that, that argument. Now, Apple did get this game ex exclusively. They got more signups. The problem for me is with the Apple deal overall is that, it, again, this was the last game, but there wasn't that repetitive, let me check this out and then I'm going to check it out again. It's It annoys me because your team's on this week. Then I'm going to check it out because if I even do that. And from what I understand in terms of numbers, not that many people did it, but let's just say you did do that. You weren't coming back the next week. And to me, that was the whole overall problem with this MLB deal for Apple. I had, uh, I wish I could remember who, who, who did this. I had, uh, I love getting nominations for who's down. And I had somebody on Twitter reach out and said, you got to do Marshan for who's down for advocating that Apple give up its exclusive rights to, to the, the the one game that really matters for Apple. I didn't say, no, hold on, they, they, hold on a second. I got to disagree with this person who tweeted or how you just said that. I didn't say give up. I said reach more people in the New York area through yes to advertise more. Again, I didn't say I definitely would do it. I think there's merit to that argument. Look, we're, we're both in, in advertising-based businesses. Of course, there's merit to saying, I want to put it on over-the-air television in New York City and just kind of market market our wares uh, and and work work it that way. This is a rights deal. They got people to sign up for Apple TV Plus. They were able to be people within their little walled garden that they have, you know, within their app, are able to advertise the different shows that they have on on Apple TV Plus. Who knows how many people they upsold in order to watch you know, Ted Lasso or. Uh, you know, what, whatever other shows that they have. We always bring up Ted Lasso as an, as an example. What was the other show that they had? Uh, the about, morning show. Um, the We Crash show. I uh, watch out with my wife. Highly recommended. Very good. Um, but, uh, but that's why they have it. Uh, and, and yeah, I, I think people got annoyed because people are used to watching with Michael Kay and, 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 and on Yes Network. But this is precisely why it went, it went to Apple. If, if it was on Turner, let's say, would you be advocating for Turner to, to say, okay, just make it available to everybody for free and, and, and you'll, you'll, get, you'll get a ton out of advertising on it? And I understand linear TV is different than, than streaming, but I, if, if I ran Apple uh, and you, you cite a smart business executive, I'm certainly not that, but if I ran Apple, I would have done exactly what Apple did. I would have kept it, uh, it within, I would have gotten people's email addresses and logins, and I would have upsold plenty of them and it would have been pro uh, profitable for me. Look, I think you go either way. I, I could see Apple's point 
Definitely. All right. Overall, this is a good deal for Apple. This baseball deal. I it's it's so hard to say. I don't know. Here's it's, what's so unique about uh, Amazon's NFL deal and why Amazon was was who's up, and also why I spent so much time over the past two weeks diving into these TV numbers, like I like I haven't for for anybody else because we don't see streaming numbers. Like there there no Nielsen doesn't come in. Uh, and and monitor the streaming and then put out the reports that, that that we're able to see. So that's what makes Thursday Night Football so unique. It's like, okay, how are people wa watching uh, watching these games via streaming and how does that differ than linear TV? With Apple, nobody knows. I, I don't know whether they're getting 10 people watching, 10,000 people watching, or 100,000 people watching. Uh, advertisers that buy in some of them don't know either they're, they're they they hold their viewership figures so close to the vest i don't know how many people are watching i don't know how many signups they've gotten i don't know how many upsells they've gotten i don't know how many sort of eyeballs uh they, they've been able to market to uh, it, it is it is so hard to determine whether that's a success or not no it's not Hold on a second. No, no. But here's the here's the rule. You you're good. You're like more businessy with the numbers. The less emails that, that you get about these things, the worse they're doing. Okay. Yeah, and and I'm and about to do that too. I I saw the very first game, which was the Nationals and Phillies, because you know I, I live in DC. I wanted to I wanted, wanted to check it out. I saw the one Orioles game that uh, that that they played on, and I also I I, I will have to admit I tuned in to see whether or not. Uh, um, judge would uh, would get Maris's record uh, on, on Friday. Uh, so me personally, as a big baseball fan, yeah, I I, I, bar I barely tune not in. Not only that, though, they'll tell you when it's again. Apple's different, right? They operate different, very arrogant, and they're not going to like share that much. They don't seem to do that in any of their things. I just think sports is fundamentally different. They're they're Apple, right? It's like kind of like Amazon too. Amazon's Amazon, but in this realm. You're the new kid on the block. You're not, yes, you guys are the biggest companies going anywhere and the most powerful. But in this, you're they're the new kids on the block. So you gotta open, you gotta overpay for the NFL if you're Amazon. If you're uh Apple, you you're, you're trying to make it so your service is someplace that that leagues and teams potentially want to be. Uh, and they'll get a chance to show some things with the MLS deal potentially, if that can be a success. But that's where I think it's a little bit. You know, and again, I was told some numbers. I'm not going to share them because I don't have them uh, verified in any way. So, uh, but they weren't good. Uh, Look, and so, it, it, if you're going to hold a gun to my head and say it was a, a success or not, of course, I, I think I'm going to say it, that it's not. But I think there are also so many questions. Like th this was not a traditional rights deal for Apple. So, what were they trying to learn from this, and what did they learn from this? Both technically uh, with a video feed, with a, you know, just trying to get different announcers uh, to, to call the games. So, you know, maybe this was sort of a, a, a sunken cost, like an R&D cost for them. Well, let's just finish off Sunday ticket. What can you tell us about Sunday ticket? Uh, Sunday ticket, I'm told that uh, not, uh, not to expect anything until the end of the year, uh, if, if not a little bit sooner than that. Uh, but our boy, Trip Mickle, are you done with the book yet? <laughs> no. Come on. I'm, I'm doing, still doing the, I'm not kind of reading my breathe book more now. So uh, the, uh, by James Nestor, it's very good. Uh, but I, I still have that. I know we're looking, we're looking 2026. That's the over under. Well, Trip Mickle had a story in uh, the New York Times uh, re recently talking about um, Apple sponsoring the halftime show at, at the Super Bowl. 
And so the person negotiating that deal for the halftime show is Eddie Q at Apple. And it's our friend, Brian Rollap at uh, the NFL. Well, the two people negotiating for Sunday ticket are Eddie Q at Apple and Brian Rollap at the NFL. And so uh, Trip had a, a story that people really should click on it because he, 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 he reported that the NFL is trying to get Google and Amazon and a lot of digital uh, um, companies to bid on um, Sunday ticket. And the, the reason being to try to get the money to go up for Apple, who is notorious about trying to, uh, you know, drive a hard bargain and, 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 and pay less. Everybody talks about Apple's uh, deep pockets. They're notorious about not, not reaching all the way into those, uh, those deep pockets. So the implications and the suggestions coming from that story are that a, a deal could be had or should be had by the end of the year but they're not nearly to the point to where they're crossing T's or dotting I's and there's still a lot of negotiating left to go. Yeah, well, that's gonna be interesting. I had heard maybe Halloween. Do you still expect Apple to get this? Apple is the only one that's had significant discussions so far with the NFL. Um, if Apple doesn't get it, uh, then uh, maybe maybe it's NFL plus, I don't know. Uh, I, yes, I still expect Apple. Okay, that was a good non-denial denial, which brings us next to our next topic. Well, a couple of weeks ago, Andrew, you came on the pod and you said this. I think the Pac-12 and ESPN, hundreds of millions of dollars apart. They are not even close. That went through college sports media and it forced the commissioner of the Pac-12, George Kliakoff, to go onto a podcast with John Cesano and John Wilner and address that. And this is what uh, uh, Commissioner Kay said. Well, listen, I, you know, since June 30th, we've heard a chorus of, you know, uh, things reported through the media, almost always not attributable to an individual, uh, you know, but reported that are, in my estimation, attempts to destabilize our conference. And, you know, for the first couple of weeks that uh, it had an effect and everybody was, you know, kind of vibrating as a result of some of this nonsense. Uh, at, at this point, our 10 schools are completely focused on the future and being together and confident in each other and um it, it's now almost a running joke at our board meetings what you know what's what's the latest nonsense that someone has thrown against the wall and see seeing whether or not someone will report and andrew i gotta tell you it sounds like talk about a non-denial denial that sounds like a non-denial denial he didn't necessarily say that your your report was wrong yeah, it's correct. They're, they're, <laughs> so I, I, I got more sources on it. You got me a little motivated. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I already knew it was correct, but they're hundreds of millions of dollars apart. Uh, the negotiating window with Fox wasn't like when it was kind of announced that it was open, wasn't originally open. There were some couple little things that had to get. Now they, they have spoken. I don't think, uh, I think they're going to be hundreds of millions of dollars apart as well uh, when if they do get to numbers. Uh, and so, we talked about this, uh, that they want to get Amazon or Apple involved to try to drive up this price. But, you know, I think that they maybe want, I don't know for certain, $50 million per team, which might have happened if they hadn't lost UCLA and USC to the Big Ten. Now, uh, Commissioner Kay said people want to destabilize the uh Pac-12. I have no interest in that. Like I, you know, I know he's kind of just talking, but like that is not. I actually was the one who reported 
that ESPN, if they didn't get the Big Ten, would probably turn to the Pac-12. That was when they had UCLA and USC. And if they had them still, they'd be pretty well positioned. Their problem is, is the Big 12 is now talking to ESPN and Fox. And if they were to do a deal uh, earlier, then I don't know where that would leave the Pac-12. Now, they can pray that Amazon is going to give them big money, but Amazon doesn't really operate like that. They're not just going to... They they overspent for the NFL because it's the NFL. But and I think they did have higher bids at the end uh, for the Big Ten that they you know lost out to uh, CBS and NBC really the NBC package I believe at in, in the night. Um, but they kind of look at Amazon like Amazon looks at themselves as equal players, not something like we're new and we should pay even more than somebody else. So. I don't know where the Pac-12 necessarily gets that money. And, and this is where uh, I think it's really important. If the Big 12 moves quickly, which perhaps they might, I don't know where that's going to, where the Pac-12 is going to be left if the uh, Big 12 is able to make a deal with ESPN and Fox or one or the other. I am much more positive about the Pac-12's prospects uh, than you are. Um, And and let's be clear. When, When you say that there are hundreds of millions of dollars apart, that's not hundreds of millions per year that's that's over, over the lifetime of the five-year deal right so they're, they're getting ready to come out of their exclusive window with with uh with fox and, and and espn espn still wants it fox still wants it um amazon has shown that it wants to get into into college uh football um it it did it put in the biggest bid for the um uh big 10 and it's based in the middle of of pac-12 country um, I think there are also other linear television companies that are going to be kicking the tires in order to keep the uh, the, the um, rights fee as, uh, up up pretty high. I, you know, I think you look at somebody like Turner; they've long looked at what well, I want to get, and nobody's talked about Turner. We we've barely mentioned Turner on the pod uh, since we started it. But wait, let me ask you a question: If Pac-12 goes to Turner, you think that's a good move? Depends on what it looks like. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what it looks like. I, Tur- Turner is a uh, college football. I, I just don't think if you're the Pac-12 without UCLA and USC, you want to be on some island by yourself. Is it good for Notre Dame to be on NBC? It's Notre Dame. <laughs> I mean, that's not like that's like a rhetorical question. It's I know, Notre I, you know, Dame. Look, look. Notre Dame, they it's, it's a, it's a, they're their own conference. Notre Dame's in a different category of anybody. I know they lost USC and, and, and UCLA. But I'm telling you, Stanford, Cal, Oregon, Washington, Arizona, Colorado, they, they have big brands that still exist in the Pac-12. They, they, they have companies in Apple and, and Amazon, which operate in the Pac-12, and they have linear TV networks where the Pac-12 still has a lot of value for them, especially in those sort of later night windows uh, that, that are out there. I know that I'm not disagreeing with you, they're far apart. And that's why they're going out of their uh, negotiating window. You're, you're, I, I totally back you on that. Uh, I think that they're, they're far enough apart that it, it would be an easy enough bridge to pass. I want to stabilize the Pac-12. If I were them, I would not be too greedy. Thanks, Marshawn. <laughs> All right. All right, let's go to the next topic. Uh, the NFL launched NFL Plus just uh, over the past uh, offseason. The NBA just recently came out with its new app. It's going to have uh, the out-of-market package, NBA League Pass. It's going to have highlights, whip-around shows, 
And what really gets me, there's going to be an extraordinary amount of gambling and uh, gambling related services uh, on the app as well. So this is one of those, this wouldn't surprise me uh, things, John, that you love. Uh, th- it wouldn't surprise me if the NBA is starting to think about the regional sports networks uh, possibly cratering and can they create a one-stop shopping uh, for their local games. I'm not saying that's happening soon. There's a lot of contracts that are up at different times, but when you look long-term, you know, these tides start to rise, right? So you see Amazon do well on Thursday, which you've mentioned a lot of times, you know, especially when you're who's up, you, you start to see where it's going. And so the, we've talked about ESPN and going to direct to consumer uh, within the next two to three years with the mothership, as well as being on cable. If you're the NBA, are they starting to plan for the idea that they could just offer, they could cut out the middleman, they could centralize how they do the broadcast, and they could just sell to consumers the individual games for teams and with RSNs maybe you know going out of business eventually. I'm not saying it's happening tomorrow, but are they building that infrastructure? I think it's a very obvious yes. Not that it's going to happen, but a very obvious yes. And perhaps also you look at what, Uh, The MLS did with Apple. Is that where they could perhaps see where you team with somebody like an Apple or an Amazon or an ESPN plus and Disney and where they're selling your subscription? Because you probably need a bigger entity to be around. But I do think that's what we're starting to see. And that's uh, what the NBA with the, you know, improved app and a little bit of a cheaper price and get all this for $99 for the year. I I think that's what they're doing. The the linchpin there for me is the out of market uh, package. Because everybody that the baseball and basketball and hockey has talked to about partnering on a you know national streaming service with local rights, uh, nobody is going to do that without having uh, those those out of market rights so that they can you know do an iTunes for sports of sorts. Like I do, I do want to see this Wizards Knicks game, so I, I'll I'll spend two ninety nine for that as opposed to the or or I'll get the Wizards for a, for a full season. So that's that's uh, certainly one of them. The idea of, uh, I mean, I, I've heard these rumors, the idea of Apple and Amazon uh, coming in and, and sort of saving things could be something down the road. Uh, but just knowing people that I know in both companies, there's zero interest in maintaining or running a traditional linear regional sports network. And none of the teams and none of the leagues are willing to gamble to let those die while they're still bringing in money for who knows how long. I mean, we, we, that, that, that's a different conversation than we've been having about when will, when will Disney make ESPN available direct to consumer? They're, they're going to try to stick with this uh, linear regional sports networks for as long as they can. No doubt about it, but I do think they're kind of building that infrastructure. I think that's what you're seeing. And that's what, uh, again, they're trying to build a business right now, but also it's not a complimentary business. Maybe they skip the middleman uh, going forward. All right, JJ Redick, I reported, and then ESPN announced it later that he has an expanded role. Uh, He's going to do 25 at least games. Uh, About half of those teaming for Richard Jefferson. I'll have a play-by-player. Uh, they got a couple of people in mind that they, you know, I heard uh, Ryan Rucco, Dave Pash, I think might be the leading candidates to be with that, that team. Uh, and so uh, when you look at it, uh, Redick really has made um, quite a broadcasting career for himself. There's a new three-year deal, I think big money, seven figures plus. Uh, and he also has his podcast that just moved to Amazon. Uh, and then 
so he's doing real well, Redick, uh, post-playing career. I think he's making almost nearly as much money as he was, you know, some of those years he was playing. So uh, J.J. Redick uh, could be a big fixture. Uh, he's going to be a big fixture on ESPN's coverage and maybe for years and years to come. Let's talk about a good post-playing career. And you have the Manning brothers, Peyton and Eli, and uh, Omaha Productions, uh, the biggest winners to come out of the NFL deciding to do away with the Pro Bowl game and just having Omaha Productions produce what's going to be a flag football game. It's going to be sort of like a battle of the network stars back in the day. You know, who can throw it the longest, who can throw it the most accurate, who's the fastest. Um, I think that th- that's something that has a lot of potential. I'm not sure if it'll get that many more viewers than the Pro Bowl got. The Pro Bowl was right around 7 million viewers, 8 million viewers. Um, uh, amazingly, I never know anybody that actually sat down and watched the Pro Bowl, but somehow they would always get a, a, a nice healthy number. Uh, I think that that is a way to, to generate a lot of excitement and uh, make it a lot more youthful uh, moving yeah, forward. Yeah, one of my favorite lines you've had on the, the uh, podcast about the Pro Bowl. <laughs> yeah, nobody like admits to watching it, but somehow they get great viewership. Uh, yeah, the Mannings are all over the place. They're making podcast deals with a bunch of people. Uh, they got the McAfee thing coming with the college football alternative broadcast. And then of course on Monday night, that's been a big deal. Uh, so, uh, and, and they have a lot of things in the works. So that where's that building towards? Yeah. I think they're going to try to sell that thing for a billion dollars at some point. That's what I, that's what, that's my guess. Uh, you know, you've seen it with LeBron when he's done. Uh, and this is sort of the wave of the future. Stephen A starting to kind of, it sounds like he's trying to build his own thing with his uh, podcast and I think kind of getting his own business, but still remaining under that ESPN umbrella. But that's kind of where people are, are branching out. Very interesting. This yeah, but, but you know, basically. what makes them successful is their content's good. They all, they, they put out good content. So it's not just sort of attaching a big name to it. And, and uh, you know, it's actually making things that people want to see. A hundred percent. All right, let's finish it up with our call of the week. Call of the week. Well, we have spent a baseball season killing Apple TV Plus productions, but we have Wayne Rendazzo calling Albert Pujols' 700th career home run, and I thought he did a pretty nice job. Let's give it a listen. What Randazzo did really well there, John, in my opinion, was he focused on the number because that's the significance of it. And then he kind of got out, uh, which is what you want to do in these big moments. You know, we talked about Aaron Judge a lot and that one because of the Bonds record, because of the shadow of steroids and is it the real record? How do you handle it? And to me, uh, you know, that calls the same thing. The 61 and the 62, those are uh, monumental numbers in American sports lexicon and for baseball hitting 700 home runs is a huge deal. And so you want to focus on that 700 and Randazzo hit it uh, very well and then let the crowd uh, take over. And so I thought that was a good job by Wayne Randazzo who works very closely with Howie Rose, who's a legendary uh, New York play-by-player who had the famous Matteau, Matteau, Matteau call in 94 uh, with the, with the Rangers uh, and how he's, you know, he's kind of, the Mets have had that legendary lineage in the broadcast booth and how he's done that and kind of, uh, you know, Randazzo is, 
had to fight for his spot here in New York on WFAN as the Mets number two guy. And that was a, that was a, a moment for him that he really, he hit the high note when, when he needed to. Well, that brings us to the end of another pod. Uh, as you said, we're, next week, we're going to have Jeff Passan at, from ESPN, Pedro Martinez uh, scheduled for the following week. Please, as always, uh, rate and post a nice comment on uh, wherever you find the, the podcast out. I want to do a special thank you, as always, to AC Wyatt and Chris Mason, who put this thing together. And Andrew, I'll see you next week. Sounds good. Look forward to it, John.